Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. And we are back, folks, with another edition of the Michigan Recruiting Insider. And signing day is right around the corner. That makes this a very important preview episode for the start of the early signing period, which is Wednesday. We're going to come again with another live episode, but we got to get you ready. We got to get the, the build up. Another big visit weekend this weekend before the signing period that we have to cover as well. Remember, if you like this podcast, be sure to rate it. Be sure to review it. Be sure to tell all your friends about it. And they can find it wherever they get their podcasts, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, you name it. And you know what else? If you've been on the fence about the Michigan Insider, now is the time to take advantage. 50% off an annual subscription. You can go there. Even if you're a monthly subscriber, you can upgrade for the 50% off rate for the annual subscription. And you can have all of this intel right at the tip of your fingers on a daily basis over the MichiganInsider.com. So don't walk, run over to the MichiganInsider.com. Take advantage of that 50% off annual subscription special it's only going to last for a limited time so take advantage of it now now let's get back to the nitty-gritty with the michigan recruiting insider let's welcome in the crew the best crew in the land no one does it better than the team at tmi starting with bryce marriage bryce how are you doing good how are you doing sam doing great man and then of course man this guy you you just don't know all the hats that steve lorenz wears i mean the guy holds it down on the message board he holds it down on the site he helps us the rest of the team stay sane steve lorenz how do you do it all brother how do you do it all it actually is being on the message board all day that helps me learn how to teach people how to be sane um (laughs) would probably be the biggest thing that is uh it's an art you know so uh (laughs) that's you know days and days yeah a lot of a lot lot of usa even with a even with a big 10 championship team and a victory over ohio state uh, no rest for the wicked on the message board. So uh, always kind of helps things out a little bit. Yeah, man. I mean, look, and with the way this recruiting side, recruiting in general is wrought with twists and turns, right? But this year, guys, I mean, sort of like last year too, right? Last year I had a share of twists and turns with the uncertainty about Jim. But this year, it's the uncertainty everywhere else in college football, right? That's kind of affecting Michigan too. A lot of top targets uh, that they were on, or, or guys that have come back on the board that they want to jump back on all of a sudden because Oklahoma's open, Florida changes, uh, Notre Dame changes, you know, all of these moves, USC, Washington, all of these moves have had an impact on Michigan in this recruiting cycle. So let's start off first, Bryce, with you setting the stage for this weekend because you got a couple of transfer visitors you had a big top 247 receiver. You had a top 247 defensive lineman. I mean, this this was unexpectedly a huge weekend for Michigan. Yeah, so they had five official visitors, two from the transfer portal, and then three uh, uncommitted seniors, or I should say two uncommitted seniors. One was committed to another school and currently is right now. Um, starting off with – I'll start off with the first three. Uh, you know, you have Derek Moore from DeMatha. Or is it St. Francis? My bad. Um, 
Yeah, Darren Waller, same, same Francis, yeah. Yeah, and so top 100 talent. I mean, he's a defensive end, and obviously, I want to say 6'4", 250. Um, he originally was committed to Oklahoma, um, and so – Sam, you talk about changes. You saw a change right there with, you know, Lincoln Riley leaving mm-hmm. um, and then Brent Venables coming in. But I think for him, he wanted to check out more schools. And one of the schools he really was intrigued with was Michigan, who has plenty of ties, obviously, to his school. When you talk about Biff Pogey and Blake Corm and the Kai Hill Green and the list goes on. So he was up here. Uh, I know Steve Wilfong has been pretty down in on that recruitment. He put in a crystal ball pick for him. Um, I think the Wolverines feel really good, kind of where they're sitting, coming out that official visit weekend here with him. I'm not ready personally, but I know Steve has a greater, you know, he's a, he's got a better tuner than me, let's just say, with that recruitment. So if people are looking at where to go and kind of fall, I'd fall with Steve on that one. So good looks on that. Alex Orgi, he's a quarterback committed to uh, Virginia Tech. He's a guy that Michigan, you know, the thing is with Sam, we've been talking about taking two quarterbacks for how long? Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it dates back to Nate Johnson and Justin Martin. And it's always been a thing. Well, it's still a thing. And I think with the transfer port on seeing so many guys, I mean, we just saw Quinn Ewers, he just committed to Texas, you know. So guys are they're making changes left and right. I think Michigan wants to make sure, regardless of what happens at the end of this season, they have the cupboards not empty, you know, regardless. And I'm not saying anyone's leaving, but they just got to have all their ducks in a row. So he's a kid that's been on the radar for several months. Um, I think this is a case where Michigan winning kind of opened this door back up and kind of shoved it to the point of where now they got official visit from him. That's one we're closely monitoring. I think we'll see where things go. But right now you do have a quarterback committed in the class, so it's not like a must but it's a luxury. And Michigan right now, they're playing with house money. They're in the playoffs. They won the Big Ten title. They can do this type of moves, which we haven't seen. You know, that's what happens when you beat Ohio State and move on. So he's the other guy. And then, you know, I'll, I'll leave the transfer portal guys to you. But the third guy is Darius Clemens. He's a big, physical, six foot four, six foot three wideout out of Portland, Oregon. Um, but actually, he has roots. And he's Lansing, Michigan, where he grew up for several years there. I know he's great friends with Andrew Anthony, who's a freshman currently on the team. They ran track together. And I want to say in elementary and middle school. So that and that's a guy he, you know, we talked about for months ago where he was talking about, hey man, that bond is more than just a friendship. That's like a best friend type of level, you know, stuff there. So he's a guy that came up. I know. Auburn was a big player there. He was, you know, I want to say Oregon was, but again, all these coaching changes, <laughs> right? you know. So yeah, I mean, right you think now, about you think advantage. about it. Auburn fired their OC. Oregon has a new coach, and Michigan, you know, just they're ready to pounce. It looks like things are solidified with Gaddis now that say, yeah. yeah, now that UVA Tony Elliott's at UVA, right? Elko takes Duke. Mike Elko takes Duke. There was some talk that Oregon looked at Gaddis too, but Dan Lanning gets the Oregon job. So it looks like, I mean, you never know. This carousel isn't completely done yet. You still got the NFL cycle coming up. But it looks like Gaddis is going to be around. So the OC and receivers coach looks like he's going to be still around. So that's a feather 
in Michigan's cap. I want to back up a, a little bit and go over to you, Steve, and talking about Derek Moore. Michigan clearly has major feathers in its cap there. Word was it's been a, a great visit, but the, the other word is that another school trending there, if Michigan is trending up, another school that might be trending either with or right behind them is Ole Miss. And you know how it is anytime you're recruiting against Chris Partridge. So, yeah, I did some actually did some uh, mid-show digging on this one. Uh, Ole Miss definitely not going to go away until Wednesday. Uh, word is Michigan's visit went really, really well. But, you know, Ole Miss, I think I sense – recruited him a little bit longer, uh, maybe even kind of kept tried to keep in touch while he was committed to Oklahoma for so long. There might be a little bit more of a relationship there. Uh, is a little bit of an interesting dynamic, though, yeah, because it is pretty much uh, Chris Partridge versus the Michigan staff in this one. So, um, you know, I'm sure Partridge's got some tricks up his sleeve. I mean, he's <laughs> always been one of the best recruiters in yeah. the country. So uh, should be a fascinating one. But really, again, really one that I think, Another one, they're maybe playing with house money. On the, I mean, Derek Moore's not somebody I felt like they recruited super, super hard uh, early in the process for whatever reason. Uh, I know there's the question about the Biff Pogey stuff, but the fact they backed off Jeffrey Mboss so quickly makes me think they had to have done their homework mm-hmm. on this situation before going all the way to getting him on an official visit and everything. You know, maybe we'll dig on the details uh, as the week uh, progresses or whatever if he commits to Michigan but just the way that you know Mba was probably headed to Michigan that ended quickly meaning Michigan realized this is this can't happen like something's you know there's uh too many loopholes that we got to jump through the fact they hosted Derek Moore for an official visit uh they're not in a position to waste their time with three days left before signing day I feel like you know must have done all their uh dotted all the I's and cross all the T's or whatever you need to do so might be a little bit of a battle you know from from now until wednesday for for Derek moore but i would probably guess it's michigan honestly right now but i know Ole miss is not going to be given up they're going to fight to the belt yeah that's i mean chris partridge is the reason i don't put in a crystal ball right now i'm with you steve i, I know cp well enough to know you can't <laughs> you can't take for granted let's say you think you got a kid no you you got to recruit till the bell against cp so uh, I, too, think that Michigan is looking really, really good for Derek Moore. That's a dude that could come in and play right away. You're feeling really good about that position. I mean, Braden McGregor, you, you saw this year Mike Morris make some plays at that spot, right? And then as they got deeper into the season, Jalen Harrell making some plays late in the season as well. I mean, they have some guys at that position. You bring in a Michael Pollard, of course. We'll have to wait to see on Cavante Henry. As a matter of fact, I get your take on that here, Bryce. I know you've been in contact with those guys. You feel like this is a spot that that dude, even with the youngsters, the youngsters that I just talked about, the veteran and Mike Morris, this is a, a guy who could come in and compete for early playing time. But what about Cavante Henry? I know he wasn't on Michigan's campus this weekend, Bryce, but he was on another campus. So, yeah, Kamata Henry, he's out there in L.A., a guy that they had really committed for some time since the summer, Sam. He actually took official visit to Michigan for the House State game. So he recently was here. But this is a recruitment that, you know, people said, well, you know, some kids, they have relationships better with others, and they it can make an impact. Once Courtney Morgan left, this is the one I was told – and I felt to my heart that it was going to affect any commit the most with. And that's been proven to be true. 
He took official visit to Washington this weekend. He arrived there Friday afternoon. I think Michigan, they're definitely aware of it. I think they know the situation. And I think this is a case where, hey, there's always that possibility. He could just want to stay home. You know, and I think as much as they can say, much as they can do, this is one I would, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if he did flip and if it was to Washington. So I know other schools are, you know, still pushing, but this is one I could see not and on the good side for Michigan on signing day. Yeah, he was the one. I know Courtney was Courtney Morgan, who is now the DPP, Director of Player Personnel, out at Washington, now working again for the guy he worked for at Fresno State and Kalen DeBoer. Of all the recruits that he put Michigan on, so Deuce Spurlock, uh, Mason Graham, Cavante Henry, I think there, there, there was maybe one more, but those, those are Zeke. The, Zeke Berry. Zeke Berry, you're absolutely right. He was another one. Of all those guys, Cavante Henry was the guy he's closest to. It's no coincidence that all the other guys have locked back in, and we'll talk about Deuce Spurlock here shortly. All the other guys locked back in, but Cavante Henry is, is up in there, and they're really super tight, really super close. I think he sees Court as a mentor, so I would not be surprised either uh, if that's one that uh, – you know, if that's one that flips, but Michigan not conceding that. Michigan not conceding that at all. Uh, Jim Harbaugh, Sean Nua, I mean, they have continued to work that young man. Uh, so we'll see how things uh, we'll see how things go. But I mentioned Deuce Spurlock. You know, Deuce Spurlock, the camp discovery for for Michigan. He was a guy that court and that team out there at Fresno State they were recruiting. He came up to camp, wild him, wound up getting that offer eventually and committing to Michigan. Uh, during the season, Auburn never quit. Then there's a coaching change at Florida. They turn up the heat and they want him to visit. And then uh, Clemson starts to show some signs that, that they want him to come visit too. The only way that could happen, Steve, is if he decides to prolong his recruitment. Michigan catches wind of the rumors that kid very, very promptly silenced all of that speculation and said, look, I'm committed to Michigan. That's how you know, look, it, if a guy hems and haws, Steve, uh, that's going to be a guy you have to worry about. This kid said, point blank, off the rip, I'm signing on Wednesday, period, end of discussion. Interesting to hear Clemson. Uh, another school that recruited Spurlock early on in the process actually mentioned Clemson, said, reminded them of a, of a kid that Clemson would recruit at linebackers. So f- actually really uh, fascinating to hear that they were one of the schools involved late i think what florida was kind of the other one that people have been talking about today so uh and then bryce how productive spurlock has been i he was one of the i mean there's been a few guys i think lauren zetti's one that we haven't talked about enough has had senior film uh but spurlock senior stuff looks really really good and and it feels like michigan's in a spot at linebacker they don't need a year one guy necessarily uh, maybe for depth purposes, but Spurlock senior film really screams high ceiling uh, guy that can really Michigan can work on. He's got the athleticism aspect of his game uh, completely figured out. I think he's plus plus in that regard. I think it's just a matter of learning the game, learning the X's and O's, learning the Michigan defense. So really it's kind of interesting. One of the things about recruiting at this point in the cycle is you're having to you're you're having to rewin your commitments yeah. in some instances, right? I mean, yeah. you think you know you look at it, you click on our commit list, 
you see the guys and you, you think, okay, well, these guys are committed. It's done. It's over. Not always the case, you know, and especially it's one of those, it's a double-edged sword with the coaching changes because yeah, you have a lot of coaches that are on their way out, but you have a lot of new, that new coach smell, you know, with these big, big time program. I mean, we named like what, eight, nine major programs who have switched coaching staffs here in the last two weeks, you know, so there's, it's one thing where uh, sometimes it doesn't look as, a, you know, coaching change, not good, but if you have that new coach in, new new coach smell, I always call it, uh, they, they, you're the guy, we can, you can help us change things and, and turn, you can play right away, you know, type deal. Some kids are apt to kind of listening to that. So for Michigan to solidify things with Spurlock and with other guys, I think in the, the commitment list, uh, it is, it's like re-winning a recruitment late in the cycle, you know, so. Great player, though. I think he's one of the guys that's improved most his senior season, for sure. Yeah, uh, definitely. Speed and athleticism in the middle of the defense. You have seen that be a focus. I mean, even if you look ahead in the 2023 class with Raylan Wilson, I mean, you can see that be a an objective of theirs on the recruiting trail. So let's move on, talk about some other guys. You talk about having to re-recruit your guys. I'll just say on a Marion Walker, like I promised the wide receiver commit to – uh, to Notre Dame, he had eight receptions, I think like 130 or so yards, 130, 140 yards and a touchdown in the state championship game. They came up short uh, last night or Saturday night and uh, really, really down. But uh, the night before that, hosted Jim Harbaugh, Josh Gaddis, and Ron Bellamy in home. Uh Nothing has changed as far as what I'm hearing. Uh, I have a very strong crystal ball on him. Uh, I explained and promised in the over the last couple of episodes that on signing day, whatever he does, you will know. I will let you know in very clear terms why I thought, what I thought, and when I started thinking it. So there will be no, no misunderstanding about why I felt so strongly about this kid uh, Flipping to Michigan. I still think he's going to flip to Michigan. Uh, time will tell. I know there, there are stories, there are reports out of uh, Notre Dame that says he's uh, he's still locked in there. We will see on signing day, and we will certainly uh, report that to you. But talk about twists and turns and headaches, Bryce Marich. The other Walker is – I mean, these Walker guys are giving people – causing people on the board to pull their hair out because Deion Walker is another one that has people going back and forth. Yeah, when I actually first joined the beat, I was dealing with Kareem Walker. So, I mean, <laughs> something with these walkers. But, uh, yeah, so the big man out of Detroit, Cast Tech, 6'6", 6'7", 320, uh, plus athlete that can play both ways. Most schools are recruiting him in the interior, uh, in the middle of their defense. And he's, I mean, he's been a perfect fit for Michigan. The Clias Campbell sort of mold they're looking for, the guy that – they don't have guys like that, you know, and so kind of Grant would be amazing, which they have committed. And other schools have still tried with him too, but he's solid. Um, but yeah, Dan Walker is one where Sam twists and turns doesn't even under. I mean, I don't even know where to start, <laughs> but we, we'll start with this. The first you talk about a week, you re, you reported that he was making a midweek official visit to Michigan, which was significant because he didn't come up for the Ohio State game. So a lot of people are curious, you know, maybe he's gone, maybe he's looking down south, because there's a lot of reports he is interested in the SEC schools. He makes that midweek official visit to Michigan. Right after that, 
He goes to Kentucky, who's the presumed kind of leader at this point for a lot of people. And so he takes an official visit there. Well, the contact period is basically over, right? So Michigan's just got to sweat it out, wait it out till signing day. No, Michigan's not waiting around. They're recruiting to the bell, and they know how this game works. So what do they do? Well, Sam, you reported he's taking after his official visit to Lexington. Where does he go? He's not going home. He's going <laughs> straight to Ann Arbor, Michigan. So that's, I mean, for, you know, we, we were trying to, it was like, a, who's getting the last word? I'm getting the last word. No, you're getting the last word. Well, Michigan looks like they're going to get the last word on this, and it's one of those seesaw sort of recruitments of, okay, it's Kentucky. Now it's Michigan. Now it's Kentucky. And I've talked to Alan True, who's been very, you know, in tune with this recruitment. Obviously, you have and a couple others. We've all had picks for Michigan. We've all lowered our confidence there. We've all, you know, decided maybe should we flip, should we not. At this point, for him to come up to Michigan after his official visit to Kentucky, I'm sticking with my pick to Michigan right now. I just feel like there's too much going in their factor, the relationships he's got with the coaching staff, especially like Klingsdale, who he calls a proud uncle, someone he like a mentor. He's got Rashawn Benny, Raheem Anderson, guys on the team he really likes. So at this point, I like where Michigan sits. But again, this is a recruitment that could go a lot of ways still. So we'll have to see. Steve, I I think if it ever gets to a toss-up, like if it's a, a kid, is a toss-up between the home state or the hometown school and someplace far away, I always favor the home school in the toss-up scenario. I, I get the feeling, though, talking to people in, in, in Michigan recruiting class circles, uh, that they feel much more optimistic. I, I think they feel like the the official visit was crushed, and they feel like getting him back on campus on the heels of that visit to to Kentucky, where the word out of Kentucky, guys. Now, this is what I find interesting. You know, there has been confidence emanating from uh, you know from from Lexington for a while on Deion Walker, and then suddenly after the official visit. They're like, I don't know. They, they aren't feeling as good anymore. And that's a sign to me as well that, hey, maybe this is is not just a toss-up. Maybe it's trending a little more in Michigan's direction. But to my to my point, even if it's a toss-up, I would still favor the home school in that scenario. Big time. I liked Allen. Uh, Allen really smacked somebody down on the board this evening with the, the Cast Tech cop, something about uh, guys at Cast Tech aren't haven't been worth the trouble or something for Michigan lately. It's like, well, Mike on is the best offensive lineman in the NFL right now. Maybe uh, Jordan Lewis just signed a new contract with the Cowboys. Uh, there's been how many guys uh, have come through from that program have been really big assets for Michigan. You know, Dion Walker, a guy we've talked about multiple times as not just important because he's an in-state kid from a program Michigan's done well at, but I mean, just as a prospect as somebody who's continually gotten better, as he's a progressed through his high school career. And as a guy that really we we all believe could play on either side of the football at the next level too. I mean, probably projecting to D de- I mean, defense, it feels like that's where everyone's kind of projected him or whatever, but, but does have some ability to maybe play the offensive line. I mean, I do, I've always felt like he's a guy you get him on campus and they'll probably figure it out with him. Uh, but really just a hugely important recruitment. You know, a lot of people, really have a hard time dealing with the ebbs and flows of uh, 
trying to recruit four and five star prospects. And, and the fact that he's liked Kentucky, I mean, he had legit Georgia interest. You know, I think Georgia probably pitching some Jordan Davis type stuff yeah. to a kid like Deion Walker. Right. I mean, yeah. you know, he's had, he's impressed, he's improved and impressed that much in the last like six to eight months, uh, maybe the last 12 months, you know, that this is a top, what did we have in the top 200, you know, could be a top 150 type kid. So, you know, Michigan, right, you know, right to be going all out on this one. And, and yeah, I agree with you though, Sam, when it comes to a coin flip, there's the proximity for family and friends to come watch you play every other weekend or whenever you're at home. Uh, just, there's a lot of di- little favors or little uh, advantages that the, the home school has in that situation, let alone Michigan is producing on the field now and they've produced at his position. Um, whether he plays offensive or defensive line, they've produced uh, up front on both sides of the ball. You know, so there's a lot of little advantages that Michigan has over a school like Kentucky, who I don't know if the draw is because they 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 have recruited Detroit relatively successfully over the last three or four seasons. Uh, good program, uh, but it does feel like you know, yeah, Michigan has a lot more to offer. Uh, and and yeah, I think when it, the nitty gritty, you know, maybe staying closer to home is something that becomes more appealing to a guy in his situation. Yeah. Yeah. It'll definitely lend some, some drama to the days leading up to signing day. And there are a number of guys like that. Dion Walker, uh, Marion Walker, who we just talked about, of course, Derek Moore, who we talked about Keon Sab. Look, I, we're going to keep this podcast short. Just know I'm going to have some, I'm going to have a Sab update. And I, I think Michigan is. I think Michigan is trending with Keon Sab. I think they have a great shot of coming out on top. You got all the big timers taking one last run, but man, Michigan getting him back on campus that second time for that Ohio State visit. They couldn't have forecasted that Brent Venables was going to go. Or how about how about Dan Lanning moving on to Oregon too? Right. I mean, Georgia was another school uh, that was there in the mix late. So. I mean, just the ball seemed to be bouncing in Michigan's direction with Sab when you consider all the guys he had close relationships with. So Ron Bellamy, Steve Klinkscale, of course. I mean, the one exception being Courtney Morgan, but those uh, those other relationships still very strong here, and they really like Mike McDonald's scheme. And Mike McDonald's going to be around, I think, the Wolverines. I, I'll have more on him over on the MichiganInsider.com, so be sure to check that out. So I really want to talk about these these transfers that the Wolverines had in over the weekend. Diamante Trainum is a young man, a running back out of Akron Archbishop Hoban. He was a four-star prospect coming out of high school that the Sun Devils were able to come over here in the Midwest and pluck out. And a guy that Michigan looked at some initially out of high school. But you're talking about a kid that brings you some of that thunder that you'll probably be missing if what we think is going to happen with Hassan Haskins happens, and that's Hassan Haskins goes to the pros. Well, here with Diamante Trainum, you have a kid that's 5'11", 235 pounds, a physical tailback. He was number two tailback for, uh, for the Sun Devils. And, you know, here's the interesting thing. He was set to be the lead back next year uh, and still looking to leave. I think that's probably indicative of, of maybe – him feeling like there's some I, – I shouldn't put – this is my speculation on the matter. I don't know what he's thinking along those lines, but this has been a beleaguered program. You know, they're under NCAA investigation, a lot going on out there. So why would a kid leave even though he's set to be the guy, so to speak? That could be a reason. Or maybe he just wants to get back closer to home, 
Maybe it's a combination of the two. All I know is when we broke this story uh, a week or two ago, I was hearing at that time that out of Akron, out of his hometown, Michigan is leading for him. And I'm certainly hearing coming out of that visit, Steve, that he's a guy that they are feeling very, very good about. And you can really see how he would fit in their puzzle. Minor surprise, maybe, if he doesn't commit to Michigan. I mean, it does feel like it's been heading that way. Um, <clears throat> biggest thing I'm kind of wondering is what they do in 22 then at back. The, the, the consensus has been they want five scholarship backs. So do they add another alongside C.J. Stokes? I mean, there have been a couple other guys they've kind of followed, but really the running back deal has been pretty quiet uh, for the most part in 22. So do you take Tranum and, and call it good with C.J. Stokes, who obviously is planning to sign on Wednesday uh, with the Wolverines? So, yeah, perfect. Really a, a, about the perfect type of kid that you would want to, to replace the son Haskins provided he leaves, which again, like you said, Sam, we're expecting him to obviously expecting him to go. Uh, but yeah. And then again, yeah, the Arizona state stuff that that was another thing he jumped off the page to me. Uh, we have like a, you know, our transfer portal, look how there's so many guys that are, are entering the portal. Now it's hard to keep up, but there are guys that kind of uh, the radar goes off a little bit. He was one of them uh, odd that he would leave such a favorable situation for him personally you know, to, to uh, maybe go to a different program, whether it's Michigan or somewhere else, but Michigan would absolutely, we've seen the value. I, you know, it's hard to say that they'll, they'll ever find another Hassan Haskins uh, anytime soon, but you know, there, we, we've seen what the value is of a guy that can get you three, four, five consistently alongside guys like Corman Edwards. So again, the proximity makes sense. He was a pretty, I think Michigan liked him the first time he came around in the cycle I feel like uh, if I remember his recruitment correctly, he was a little bit of a wild card. I think it was a semi surprise that he committed to Arizona State when he did, or, or at least the when they started to trend. And I want to say it, I could be wrong here. Felt like Ohio State made a late run at him too. Uh, again, I could that could be wrong. I just feel like that's how I recollect uh, his recruitment. But either way, it was a kid that had a lot of big offers and uh, chose to go to Arizona State. Uh, but but the pro- maybe the proximity to home and, and obviously Michigan's success with Haskins feel like the Wolverines would be a pretty appealing choice for a kid in his position. Yeah, the other kid that made his way to uh, to Michigan, Victor Oluwatimi, a 6'3", 310-pound center, uh, originally out of DeMatha Ca- Catholic in Hyattsville, Maryland. Uh, I don't know if he ever crossed paths with Hunter Dickinson while he was there. Uh, he may have, but this was a kid who originally went to the Air Force uh, before heading over to, to UVA, and he has been a stud at UVA. I mean, the guy was a was a Remington finalist. The Remington Award goes to the, stop, the top center in college football. He, uh, he started all 12 games, started t- 32 straight, dating back to the 2019 season. Uh, he has just been an outstanding player. For UVA and here's the thing I mean the word I first uh, you know as I first started looking into him you know calling some people down there in the DMV and they said yeah you know when he entered the portal he entered the portal with Michigan at the top of his list that was the word at least down in those circles so Michigan dealing from a from a stacked deck here with hosting him on on campus and the word is from some of the guys who were there on the visit that things are looking really really good with him but before you get too carried away, Steve, and this is why you got to 
you got to pump the brakes on some of these things that might be sounding so good. Kind of like with Derek Moore. Things are sounding real good, but Ole Miss is right there. Things are sound, sounding real good with, with Oluwatimi, but he went to Clemson after his Michigan visit, reportedly. So can't necessarily count those chickens before they're hatched. It was odd. Clemson, Virginia, who, where he's coming from, just hired their OC. So kind of <laughs> an interesting dynamic there. Uh, that, you know, uh, Funny though, I talk about that radar that goes off with the transfer portal stuff. Uh, Oluwatimi, the radar immediately went off. Uh, Virginia, high academic program. The kid obviously is a big, good player at the, with the Remington uh, as a Remington finalist. And we know Michigan loves what Greg Crippen has done early on, but maybe one more year to bridge that gap would be maybe optimal in that situation. Uh, not saying that maybe maybe Crippen would be ready, but Oluwatimi. Uh, you're talking about a, a difference maker to take over for Andrew Vistardis next year at a, at a super, super important position uh, would be great. One thing I noticed about Oluwatimi, I think people would really like this. Uh, I'm not a big Instagram guy, but I did find him on Instagram. His last post is like a video, like some highlights. And it is his, his caption is you F with me wrong. I knock your head off your neck. <laughs> it was like, I think, uh, you know, I think people like, yeah. <laughs> love it. You know, offensive line, but, you know, it's like, I think that Michigan fans, I think you'd probably want a guy who's, uh, you know, that's his mentality or yeah, whatever. I, I think uh, that, Steve, I think that's right? the guy, that's the guy you want leading you into Columbus, right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, Michigan's got to answer for, uh, for all of Desmond Howard's <laughs> comments and stuff over the weekend. Right. So, uh, but no, I mean, that's I, I saw that. I kind of chuckled a little bit. I was like, yeah, this looks like kind of a mean, a mean, angry dude with a lot of talent. So uh, but yeah, the, the first, like I said, biggest thing, though, was would be a perfect bridge uh, for for uh, Crippen at center where we know Michigan has really liked him uh, with the start is heading out. So he the, I immediately figured Michigan would be interested there. And it uh, turns out they are. And we'll see with with Clemson having no OC in place right now. I don't really know what's going on. At Clemson, uh, it'll be interesting to see what or how they kind of can pitch their position. I mean, obviously, Clemson's still kind of – they're still Clemson, but Michigan may win the Joe Moore Award. Sharon Moore's looking great, obviously, as an offensive – I mean, it just – even though Clemson is Clemson, it just feels like another one where Michigan has a lot of things maybe going in their favor uh, versus a program that is somewhat in transition right now. Yeah, yeah. So, listen – a lot that we laid out here, right? So much going on in the days leading up to signing day. Remember, you can keep track of all of it with our great deal. 50% off annual subscriptions right now, but only for a limited time over on the MichiganInsider.com. You can stay up to speed on all of that. Even if you're a monthly subscriber, you can take advantage of this great deal. Upgrade your membership at 50% off the annual rate. Don't miss out. You'll get all the signing day scoop. Then as we get into the all-star games, uh, where many of these Michigan targets and commits are going to be in action. I mean, there's still Josh Connerly out there, right? Got a uh, his dad. Josh Connerly's dad sent me a picture from the in-home with with Sharon Moore. As I pull it up now, this is uh, this is live podcast, right? As I find the, the message from Josh Connerly Sr., where he said had a great home visit with Coach Sharon Moore on Monday with a picture of, of Joshua and Sharon standing next to each other. And 
just because they picked up. You know what we didn't talk about? We we can't finish this podcast without talking about the the big-time pickup, guys, that the Wolverines picked up sort of out of the blue unexpectedly. Bryce, a big 6'8", 310-pound offensive lineman that they finished second for two years ago. How about that? Yeah, so blast from the past, like you said, Sam, Andrew Gentry. He's a offensive tackle from Columbine, Colorado there, and he's a guy that we talk about these coaching changes affecting decisions. Well, Andrew went on a mission. He So he committed back in 2019. He signed and committed to Virginia. And so the head coach is Bronco Mendenhall, who has experience with guys going on mission missions and, uh, you know, going through that religious part of their life. And so he left. He's not there anymore, Sam. Bronco's gone. And so Andrew's dad took into his own hands, said, all right, well, Andrew's mission's almost done. He's commanding in the spring, so he needs to know his future going forward, What what's the best route for him. And so he contacted schools, and he contacted two, BYU and Michigan. And once that happened, I think Michigan saw that caller ID and was like, wait a minute, who is this? Wait a minute, that can't be right. That, that, that can't be right, you know? But he called Jim Harbaugh. They made it happen. They set up a meeting with him. I want to say it was Sean Nua and was it Tron Moore? Sharon was it Moore, the three yeah. of them? And they sealed the deal. You know, they made it happen where it was one of these recruitments. I don't, Sam, I, I've only been doing recruiting for so many years, but you, have you ever heard a story like this where they, I mean, I, I don't even know how to explain this recruitment. Yeah, I you mean, know what he, I mean, he recruited it's them. Just, he recruited them. I mean, it was a, Michigan wound up finishing second, and this is probably much to the chagrin and surprise of BYU fans who were on 10. They were like Buckeye fans, but the news Andrew Andrew Gentry, it was like Buckeye fans, uh, you know, with Desmond trolling C.J. Stroud at the Heisman ceremony. That's how they were responding, but Dad said Michigan was the team that finished second to, to UVA. And so when this backed up, when, when it went a different way with Bronco Mendenhall at UVA, Dad said, where you want to go? He said, I want to go to Michigan. <laughs> I mean, I want to go to Michigan. And so it was a matter of, okay, is is Michigan still an option? And they were like, heck yeah. Heck yeah, it's still an option. Now, is he going to be football ready right off the rip? I mean, Dad made an interesting comment where he said, look, he, he maybe gets some exercise in 30 minutes a day while he's on his mission, but he's not in football shape. So, that doesn't mean that he can't get in football shape by the time the season starts, but I think it's likely that there's going to be an acclimation period getting him back into the swing of things football-wise. What this does, Steve, though, is relieve some of the pressure that they obviously had to be feeling to land Josh Connerly. That does not mean that Josh Connerly isn't still a major priority. What it means is if with as murky as those waters have gotten with, now Washington has new life. Now USC has new life, right? It has become a much more difficult recruitment, even though Michigan is still in great shape, still prioritizing Josh Connerly, still a major, major top target, major, major target, no less of a priority. But if they miss on him, it doesn't hit him as hard as if they had missed on him and they didn't have Andrew Gentry in the fold. Yeah, Gentry's actually, he's their highest ranked 2020 signee now. Uh, he's 
he's the highest ranked guy they pulled in that class. So, I mean, he, he was a total tip top, like top of the line target for them in that cycle. Um, so really where we're at now is literally no different if he had committed to Michigan in the first place, because he was going on the mission no matter what. Mm-hmm. So really nothing, nothing happened uh, except that Michigan will now get him when they would have gotten him if he had just committed there in the first place. So really, really a big addition. I know when, when Mendenhall left, I think even somebody posted on the board about asking about Andrew Gentry. My question was, how are they going to reach him? Mm-hmm. Right. How, how do you kind of connect the dots there or whatever? Because I knew Michigan um, granted it was under Warner, but still I know Michigan loved Andrew Gentry's abilities, loved his game and, and kind of wondered how would you kind of put, get that figured out and connect the dots there. And obviously they were able to do it quickly too. I mean, almost immediately. I mean, it's, it's clear they knew, or that, that had to have been something right away when Mendenhall stepped down, they must've, they had to have jumped on it immediately to uh, see what they could do to kind of at least figure out what he was thinking, which again, I wondered, well, what could he be thinking? He's been on a mission. Does he even know (laughs) that Michigan won the big 10 title? Like, what does he know? What doesn't he know? I mean, I don't know what the, uh, details of his mission were or whatever, didn't. but he did. Yeah, that's what I thought. I was going to say he didn't. Right? You don't know, like, like his last. Just... So his last experience too was his visit to Michigan, to which Michigan, was in right? the rain, in the rain yes. against Notre yeah. Dame. So that's, that's... kind of what he's going off. So the coaching staff's new. You know, they're going to the playoffs. And to your point, Steve, he still wanted to go to Michigan, yep. regardless of yep. what was happening. It's not like BYU's crap in the bed here. They're having a good season too. Yes. So. Exactly. So really, and, and yeah, it's a great safety net, I guess you'd call her a, you know, blanket in case Connerly decides to go elsewhere, but it's not going to change their approach with Connerly or Goodwin, maybe. I mean, I, I assume they're still mm-hmm. probably kind of trying with Kante. I'm not, not that we're expecting Goodwin right. to end up at Michigan, but, <laughs> uh, but either way, uh, you know, there's, they still would like love another elite tackle. Uh, to go alongside with Gentry. So fascinating situation because as a 2020 signee who was never going to play until at least 2022, not on the field, hasn't played football, but physically has maybe matured even more. It's going to be really interesting to see how quickly a guy like that, you know, can get into shape and acclimate himself because he really could be an instant ish you know, it's not as if the guy forgot how to play football. He's, it's not like that type of deal. It's just getting maybe up to speed, you know, because he will. He'll be two years older than he would be uh, like a normal than a normal freshman would be, you know. So a very unique addition, but but significant, though, a uh, very significant. We probably probably didn't get enough national uh, type hype or whatever, because you're talking about a former top 100 prospect who, you know, we're, we're seeing uh, 800 stories about Quinn Ewers committing to Texas today, you know, nothing about Andrew Gentry uh, to Michigan or whatever, except for what we've covered on it. So yeah, big, big, big addition. Cause they need tackles. I mean, I think that's one spot they've really have been trying to hone in on, on the recruiting trail. So big one for them for sure. Yeah. Great, great stuff. So uh, this is going to be talk about intrigue, drama, excitement. I mean, not necessarily for the faint of heart, but here's the thing. It's only three days left until the early signing period. So if you if you can't take it for long periods at a time, this short burst, this is the time to get in, right? And as I said before, 50% off annual subscriptions 
right now over on the michiganinsider.com. Uh, if you've been on the ledge, you've never signed up before, now's the time to do it. Or if you're a monthly subscriber, uh, you've been on the ledge by being an annual, this is the way to do it. Great savings and a great deal uh, at a great time as recruiting is just heating up over on the michiganinsider.com. Be sure to check it out for 50% off annual subscriptions. Of course, if you like this podcast, be sure to rate it. Be sure to review it. Be sure to tell all your friends about it. They can get it wherever they uh, whatever platform they like to get their podcasts on, that's Google, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, you name it. They can find us there. Just search Michigan Insider Podcast. Up will come. In the meantime, stick with us. It's going to be a great ride up until signing day, I think. And you'll be able to find all of that out over the MichiganInsider.com. Thanks for listening to the Michigan Recruiting Insider. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.